0: Hi there! Welcome to the Shift Control podcast. My name is Paul McInnolan. Thanks for joining me in this episode. Today's guest is Kevin Young. Kevin is a certified professional practitioner of Compassionate Inquiry. He's also a facilitator, educator, and a circle leader. And if you're familiar with the work of Gabor Maté, you'll be familiar with Compassionate Inquiry. And if not, it's definitely worth checking up on and investigating further. I think this episode is going to be particularly relevant for those of you who own your business, um, who operate at director level or manage people. Um, Given the current climate that we find ourselves in and the difficulties and challenges that you're all facing with recruitment and retention, it's relevant to cultural transformation. It's very, very timely. Um, Currently, £70 billion a year is the cost of... Days off due to stress and mental health at work, so it's a problem that may get worse before it gets better, but will be ultimately affecting all business owners. Um, I kind of hope you enjoy it. It's uh, find it very interesting and a lot of stuff to take away from it. Um, even if you're just um, curious about the subject, so without any further chat, for me, um, here is Kevin Young. Thanks for. Taking the time out, as usual, Kevin. Really appreciate it, man.
1: Um, I take it you're busy. All flat to the mat, which is wonderful. Uh, Really, really good. Uh, Delighted that the world has gone online. Uh, And and COVID for me was... uh, I was about to say a godsend. That's absolutely the wrong term. Uh, but I did find silver linings in that cloud of COVID. In that, you know, my client list just exploded around the world. Just with, you know, I have clients in Perth, and Los Angeles, and Georgia near Russia, Seychelles, treat Barcelona, uh, and and all, all because of Zoom, Teams, etc. And, and going online, and people seem much more comfortable and okay with with meeting meeting online you know, it's, just, it's just a thing now isn't it it's just a thing uh, so yeah really 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 busy and anecdotally probably 80% of my time is spent online in, in places like this brilliant so it's you been know, a godsend yeah the,
0: I came back from Covid and living down in Strangford I ended up having four clients in Fermanagh and Tyrone, and once they got over the Proper impact of COVID internally. They had they were open for business again. So three days of the week, um, flying up the road to for for Mana and, and Oma. And I, you know what? I don't I don't really mind um, the journey, but you kind of miss that. There's a certain ease and a certain um, practicality involved of just being able to plug in and start talking. Uh, your time's a little bit more. Um, manage better, you know. You're, it's like from time A to time B and so on and so forth. And then you don't have to deal with the, the rising cost of of diesel and petrol and all that sort of stuff, which is really, really impacting. Anybody on the road at the minute, I'd say, must be very, very impacted by by that, you know. But we, we spoke, um, or the last podcast we did, we've spoken since then um, on a personal basis, but the last podcast we did was in August 2020, and I was probably... Just when you thought things couldn't get any worse, we've landed ourselves on the cusp of the third world war, and um, we have elected a bunch of assholes back into um, to run to run this place. So, I'd say you'd be busy now for sure. And <laughs> your own parish should be busy. It's mad, isn't it?
1: It is. It is, Paul. It's uh, well, you know, and and something something that I uh, something that I try to keep close to my heart, Paul, is. I was sent a beautiful email by uh, a, a non-dual teacher, teacher of mine, and, and she was explaining that throughout this madness, this chaos, this, you know, that she was reminding us to notice how our mind wants to solve problems that are above its station, uh, that, that the mind wants to run off and sort out Putin and sort out the, the cost of living crisis. And, you know, our mind wants to do that, you know, to go and get involved in these things. And and of course we can't. So ultimately then there's that sense of failure or hopelessness that comes with a, a mind that's trying to solve problems above its station. And yeah, she was gently reminding us to, to do what you can with an open heart, a smile on your face, with pleasantness, attend to what you can do with, with all your all your focus and Leave the rest. It, it's it's not it's not yours to solve. And I really appreciated her email because I would have a mind that wants to solve, uh, the, you know, the, the problems of the new world. Yeah. Uh, and when your mind's off solving the problems of the new world, of course, it's not doing the task at hand. It's not completing that spreadsheet, or it's not sending that email, or it's not it's not attending to your work—the things that will get you results. Uh, so yeah, it is mental, uh, the, the, the world seems to be a really crazy place, but we have to remember to keep our focus. You know, Do what we can, of course, be charitable, be generous, uh, help who you can, where you can, and remind your mind to just wind its neck in, to use a, a very uh, colloquial, colloquial statement. Uh, it's quite profound, you know, and
0: and, and, and at the yeah. same time, it's, it's like very obvious, you know, we, we've talked before about the um, chaos that's reported on the news, you know, the, those uh, TV and radio programs and even in the papers and wherever you consume your media from, that it's always designed in such a way to be fantastic, you know, to be uh, exaggerated. It's not really it's beyond the point of just reporting the facts now and so there's an embellishment here and there to give a little bit more of a wow factor and, and if you're um, well I guess who isn't really into consuming media uh, of varying degrees you know and if you're working um, on any project and you're distracted by something that's gone on 4,000 miles away then you know, the, the, the catastrophizing about Putin, for example, you know, the catastrophizing about the cost of diesel, you know, and, and you're you're thinking more uh, comparing the past with the future and ignoring the now, you know.
1: Yeah. And on a, on a, on a, sometimes these conversations can seem quite conceptual and almost spiritual, you know, and... But uh, on a real human level, you know, when we think about the neurobiology of fear uh, versus performance, you know, when, when we're in a fear state and whether we know we are or not consuming all this media, when we're in a fear state, you know, we're, we're, we're acting out of our amygdala and hippocampus, that old reptilian brain at the back of our head, and when we act out of there, our, our prefrontal cortex, the part that's doing the, the thinking and the planning and the the solving—it's offline. Mm-hmm. You know, it's—it's not—it's not working. Uh, and this isn't—you know, this isn't just something that happens to those of us that aren't educated or are educated or are rich or poor. Or this is just the the, the, the human—the the, the workings of human biology. When you're in a fear state, you're acting out of your amygdala and your hippocampus and your prefrontal cortex is offline, isn't working. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. That's what's happening. So if you're trying to be effective and efficient and run a business or run a sales team or meet a sales target or complete a project and and you're consuming this media that has you in a fear state, you're immediately less productive, less efficient, uh, less creative uh, than than you would be. So it, it isn't just a... A spiritual thing. Uh, let's all chill out and let's let's not watch the news. If you want to be healthy, happy, productive, in relationship to intimate partners, friends, family, colleagues, uh, staff, customers, service providers, you need to manage your your biology, your, your physiology, your neurobiology. You know, that that needs to be taken care of, and and that is a you know that's a practice. That, that's an action. You know, that's a conscious decision to look after my own physiology, biology, and neurobiology. That's something we have to, to actively do, actively engage in. Otherwise, again, that mind just runs off and tries to you know, tries to end the, the, the war in Ukraine or, or the rising cost of, of living. You know? So it's really important that we accept that we're a human being, all of us, at, at whatever level, and we need to manage our our human vehicle, uh, and, and and whatever that is for you, if that's uh, running, uh, cycling, swimming, knitting, listening to music, uh, playing guitar, meditating, cooking, uh, walking in nature, uh, whatever that is for you, it's it's more important now, more important now than that ever to ensure that you're engaging engaging in those practices that are helping you manage this organism that, that you're operating
0: on I think it's um, really important to label it as spiritual and to label the importance of it you know I think I think it's hugely important I, I worked with a client recently and it was, there was a, a time for me maybe 12 years ago with where, where um, there was a lot of turmoil and upheaval in my life I, a lot of it in a really short space of time and uh, a guy Gave me this the wheel of life, you know, where they've got eight or nine quadrant or not quadrant sec- slices of, a, of like a Trivial Pursuit pie thing, you know, and every one of them had health, wealth, finance, spirituality, uh, exercise, all these sort of stuff, relationships, and I took it into a client recently, and 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 he said to me, he says. You know what? What are you bringing me this for? This is this is so out of date, Paul. You know, and I said, well, let's let's go through it and see how you're getting on with that then. <laughs> and there was a breakdown straight away, you know, because he was going, like, I don't do any of this, you know, and if you're busy, which busy lives created by things we don't need, surrounded by mobiles and all that sort of stuff, you kind of forget the very, very fundamentals of the human condition. You know, that we need to look after certain things, and so, some guys have. Um, Covered it in a few books I've read recently. Uh, one guy talks about energy management, you know. But that was the first time I'd ever heard it discussed in such a way, like almost like a technical way, about managing and conserving your energy so that you are eff- effective and efficient from nine until five. And the amount of teams and, and people that I work with, and maybe I'm, you know, this is my second cup of coffee and it's what, quarter 20 to 10, you know. But the guys that I work with he'll be firing the red bulls in and monster and all the energy drinks the first thing in the morning and another one at lunchtime and 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 you know?
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, well, I think it's important just just so important just to mention it's it's not only from nine to five. This you know, living a life isn't about being efficient and effective in a workplace. Living a life is, is having that balance. You know, you, you also want to be effective uh, from from five to nine whether you have kids or partners or social life you know that's really important too that's a really important part of this of you know if we want to be efficient and effective in in the workplace and, and with our suppliers and customers it's really important that we're keeping some of that energy for our families our spouses our partners our kids our friends uh And I think sometimes that can get overlooked a little bit in these conversations about workforce and efficiency and effectiveness and energy management. This old idea of compartmentalizing our lives, you know, I never really bought into that. You know, the whole thing was my life, my work, my social life, my enjoyments, my family, uh, my playing guitar, all the gigs, you know. To be holistic like that that thing you're talking about that argument it's, it's a wheel it's a circle <laughs> for a point for, for a purpose you know and, and it takes in all of that it has to we have to take in all of that
0: uh, yeah i get that it makes that makes sense you know that um everything is is broken down into chunks of time by other people for us you know and when you go to school it's like you're a star of school at nine you finish Twenty-five minute break. The alarm bell will go. You get, you know, very very distinctive times for lunch, for free time, and then you're into school. Big school, university, into work. You start at nine, 37 half hours a week, you know, and and I think that that's probably maybe something that's good to come out of out of it. In so far as people working from home, getting the balance, seeing what it's like working from home, being in that, uh, being around your family more often, will maybe give it um, some more perspective. But it's interesting you say that, Kevin. I've always felt that I've been maybe uh, ruled by the clock like that, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and, and don't we all? I mean, no fault of your own, Paul. That's, as you just described, it all, that's the society that we're conditioned to operate within, you know, these these, these parameters and where we should be at, at what time and for how long. And uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned it the last time we chatted, There's something that still sticks in my mind, Paul. You know, years ago, when I was managing teams in Vodafone and we had a, a computerized uh, scheduling set, a router system, you know, a scheduling system, you just put people's names in populated when when people were working but the the day off the day that you weren't working the system populated that with rest day and when I think about that you know this this, how it was viewed by Vodafone that the day that you weren't there was the day that you were resting for the next day that you were there you know there was no there was no thought given to this wasn't just a rest day this was a Family Day, Fun Day, uh, you know, Entertainment Day, uh, uh, Education Day, uh, a yeah. day for broadening your horizons. It was it was named Rest Day, as in the only thing you did was work, and rest for work. Uh, and, you know that that just told me something about, and I don't know that anyone thought about that consciously and said, "Let's call it a rest day." But you know, I from my schedules, I removed that. I, I just didn't like that term. The, the the day that you're not here, you're resting to be here. The day that you're not here, go and climb in the morns and
0: yeah.
1: uh, eat dinner with somebody and and uh, do a yoga class and, and enjoy yourself. You yeah. know, it's it's not just it's not just work and not work. Uh, but there there has to be more to life. And could could I quote you something? Just I was watching a little webinar last night with uh, the. Uh, Insight uh, inside Academy, they do these inner MBAs, kind of uh, helping business leaders become spiritual and, and physical beings, and, and they had cited uh, a recent study in the States, uh, and, and they had uh, questioned 15,000 business leaders across all, you know, across all spaces. Law and banking and uh, construction, and etc., 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 all of these people. And what they had discovered was that the most successful leaders, there was an absolute correlation to those that looked after themselves the best, who achieved and stayed in the highest positions in these different industries. A, di- a direct correlation. If you look after yourself well, you will be more likely to be successful, uh, which is totally against what is fed to us in that, you know, the the soldiers at the bottom, we totally believe that if you work 90 hours a week, you will scrabble your way to the top and, and this is the way to success. But yet the people at the top don't have that, train of thought mm-hmm. they're the people that look after their nutrition look after their spirituality look after the, the exercise plenty, uh, they exercise they, they socialize and do other things so we have been led to believe success is knocking your pan in for 90 hours a week uh, cutthroat competing uh, fighting with those within your organization and without your organization and that's not the truth the, the, the people at the top are, are not doing that looking at and this was 15,000 people and a direct correlation Uh, and I think now with with all the things we just talked about the stresses in the world and cost of living and war in Ukraine and uh, coming out of COVID it's really important that we start to embody those practices really important that we start to look after ourselves and, and look after each other and course there will be the argument so I haven't time to do that I'm too busy selling cars or I'm too busy you know building houses uh, and it's really it's really apparent now that if you want to continue selling cars or continue building houses you gotta look after yourself
0: I wonder when we we kind of stopped that because I'm sure I probably you know well there's a whole lot of reasons like let's not go down that rabbit hole you've got like in Ireland alone you have maybe the famine followed by the industrial evolution followed by capitalism or whatever combination are often people are going you know I can I can do really well here I've never our family didn't have anything I'm not going to my gen I'm going to break the cycle I'm not going to be like that and so they work themselves into the grave and the son and daughter inherit the characteristics of full listen you know I'm not going to be the one that bring downs, brings down the family jewels I'm going to do the same and so on and so forth a friend of mine a friend of mine I was talking to over, uh, over the weekend he, he works in London in media uh, very prominent positions and he told me that he's been employed by a big social media entity and they give him a signing on bonus um, a significant one and they also give him a, a day a month where he can They'll support him to find the person that he needs to be. Like if he wants to go and throw darts on a Tuesday all day, they'll give him money to go and take that Tuesday as long as that benefits his performance and so on and so on. And you can see the list of benefits that these guys are offering. And I I wonder, you know, they're probably, well, they're successful enough to kind of realise that we're burning through people here. Human capital Mm -hmm. is our people are are what makes us work you know we're not at the point where the algorithms and AI are going to make us brilliant we still need people to be smart and well looked after and um, it's it's just like a it was almost like a, an invitation to uh, some kind of retreat he was getting you know it, was, it wasn't the job offer it was like honestly it was but they'll work him you know he'll work hard and but he'll probably yeah. he'll be alive for a lot, a lot longer than if he stayed at his previous job
1: you know and possibly enjoy working hard and have uh, low levels of, of resentment and stress, uh, which will in turn uh, lower his blood pressure and his cortisol and adrenaline levels in his body, uh, yeah. which will mean he will be sick less. Uh, which will mean he will have less, uh, I suppose, violent interactions, uh, you know, with his with his colleagues and his suppliers and his staff. Uh, so for me, that that's that's a wise move, you know. And all of those levels—emotional, spiritual, physical—they're uh, they're taking care of him. And, and I would, you know, bet my bottom dollar that he will perform higher.
0: Yeah, he will do well. How many how many businesses do you, do you know that will um, put in their recruitment ad? We will look after you. You get a pension, and company car. And it says that you'll work for 37 and a half hours, but there's a caveat there. You might, every other Saturday, and you'll have the phone on call, and it'll be a small car, and it'll be a really nice car, and your computer will be a third generation. To, you know, da, 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 da. And the, everybody's definition of what, what good looks like changes, you know? Um, it's based on experience, too, isn't it? Like, you kind of, well, this is good because I
1: didn't get it. Well, I suppose now you know when we think of, of our of our workspaces now and uh, the market we're in and how employees uh, certainly young people as well I think we spoke about this last time how young people are going to drive this market you know we a, a company saying listen we need you in here at 8 o'clock and, and you'll not be home to 7.30 at night and young people are just saying there's not a mission Completely. it's not happening Completely. I'm not working 6 days a week 12 hours a day no it's not happening and uh, and I think when, when, and some of them are, you just na- you, just, you know, named one, but when our organizations start to realize that, their performance will increase. You know, it's, it's, it, I think there's a great fear around that, the, the cost of doing this, uh, staff slacking off. And all of our research says they don't. They, yeah. they perform higher, better, happier, less sick, uh, less uh, staff turnover, higher retention. Uh, but it's a brave move for, for an organisation. It, it, it's, it's a long term it's a long term saving, isn't it? You know, it's it's short term cost for a long term saving. I, th- and, I and think asking. it is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like if you if you wanted to, you know, again, I suppose it's all about your internal truth as a business. You know, if you're really honest and saying we want to be the best, our our vision or our mission and brand values and everything we talk about is authentic. Then if you're saying we want to be the best, like what does that look like? You know what, what? What is that? What is that immediate cost to the business? Because if you want to get the best people in, you're going to have to employ. Um through salary, through training, and then all the different added benefits and bonuses and um, <clears throat> differentiators. But then, you know, what what is your real game plan for that? Because you can't just throw one person into an organisation who gets all the benefits without giving everybody else the same latitude. And how do you change your culture so quickly overnight that the authenticity is still there, that um, the people who are old school don't get put off by it? Because that's to be taken into consideration too. These like... <clears throat> your your colleagues that are sitting there sure. and you're thinking these people are soft, you know, they, you know they're they're not up for work and which isn't the case. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
1: it's, it's I a, it's think, it's, think you have to bring them with you Paul. Well, that, that's the bringing bring those people, bringing those uh, ladies and gentlemen with you that have been there twenty or thirty years. Uh, you know, there are ambassadors for this for this change. You know, we, we have to get them on board, uh, and, and once they're on board. For me, that that changes culture, you know, uh, or what they'll find, Paul, well, is that they'll, they'll find themselves left behind. Those, those people, they'll find themselves digging their heels in and the world will move on without them. The world isn't waiting for you. You know, it's, it's going to move on. This is the way we're going. Uh, and either you get on board or you put all your energy into resenting that change. And... I know which one I
0: would rather do. It. So, from your time, and I don't know how long ago it was that you were working in Vodafone, Kevin. You had a, a couple of different roles there. I think you were, I say, fast tracked. If that's accurate, and in, in, internally, you ended up managing as well, selling all the way through the management level. And some of the companies that you're seeing today that you're working with, what, what do you see as the big changes from working in sales and that sales environment?
1: I'm, I'm really liking, Paul, how now... Uh, well, for, it, it's an interesting thing because people that work with me, th- they're going to be that type of company that want to make these changes. You know, so so suppo- I suppose I'm getting blinded a little bit purely by the fact that these people are reaching out to me, because if it weren't the sort of company that wanted to make this change and embody this culture, they wouldn't be reaching out to me. Yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, so, fair point, fair point, yeah. So, so, so I, I probably have a little bit of, of bias, but what, the, the difference I see now is that people are being held, uh, trained, uh, led compassionately, uh, and let's not confuse, you know, just a little caveat I'll Call this idea with compassion, with sympathy. You know, it's it, you know, these aren't sympathetic. You know, they're not soft leaders. They're These are very ambitious, very ambitious companies, very ambitious leaders. Want the best for their business and know that the way to get their best from the business is to look at people the best. That, that, that's it. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're still... They're still willing to be ruthless enough. You know, say, listen, we're, we're doing all we can for you, you know, we're we're, we're doing this work, or we're, we're we're allowing you this time, we're allowing you this uh, this space in, in, in your workplace. And you're not performing. You know, and, and, and you know, they they will certainly manage people through and help them to perform, but they will also say, You're you're not right. Yeah. You're not right. So, so I think the big difference is, is is leaders, compassionate and excellent leaders, are are doing that work for their teams, and rightly expecting a return for it. You know, this is this is business after all. You know, certainly we'll get you off one Tuesday a month. Certainly you'll get finished at one o'clock on Friday. But you need to be delivering, uh, and, and and I think that's okay. It's you know, it's it's a, it's a workplace after all. Uh, whereas. You know, I think when I, when I was in, in sales 15 years ago, it was just, you are you are here to sell, we don't give. We'll let on, we care. Yeah. We'll let on, we care about what's going on in your life, but ultimately we don't, you know. Uh, and a, qu- a quick story that, that I, I can remember when my children were very young, and one of them was sick. Uh, And I phoned in to say, listen, kids are sick, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't come in today. And my line manager at the time said, can't your wife do it? Yeah. Do you not look after them? Yeah. And and now you would kind of say to someone, could could I just ask you to notice what you've just said? You know, could could you just check in with yourself? And and notice, I've just told you that my kids are sick. That I'm under pressure at home uh, and, and you're just uh, in, in, in the patriarchal world that we live in you have absolutely no acceptance that as a father I might want to, to take care of my kids uh, and, and even back then you know, I can remember saying to my wife at the time as a man could, could I imagine going to a job interview and saying yeah listen really love your company really love your organization and it's great and I'd really love to work for you you know, my kids are still young and I do the drop-off at, you know, nine o'clock at school and the pick up at three. Could we work around that? Could you, could you imagine me as a, as a male sitting in an interview saying that? Yeah. Uh, maybe now that would get seen and heard back then. Like, you know, it was... I just looked at you as if there was something wrong with you. Yeah, you know, oh, like, completely. what? You know,
0: <clears throat> yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not shocked that, but to hear that, you know, and... Um, It's one of the things that, just as you say that, Kevin, I'm kind of drawn to the idea that, you know, maybe it's not not a question of we don't know better, but you you do a lot of things in life based on your experience, you know. And so a lot of salespeople get promoted to sales managers because they're the best salesperson. And so what you have is this kind of, native thinking that continues generation after generation and when I say generation I mean sales intake to sales intake and nobody ever challenges that narrative and um, I listened to a podcast last week where some guy was talking about um, the medical profession and dentistry and all this sort of stuff where you can study for seven years and come out and you're still a junior doctor But you're in sales, you go straight in, like, and you're given the title of senior sales manager after two years or whatever. And, you know, you've got all of this information inside, but your ability to communicate human to human hasn't been trained any better. And then you're turning on the news and then you're seeing Putin and da-da-da-da-da, you know, so it's a tight spot for people to be in. And you, and, and again, I don't think, um, I'm interested to hear you view on this, but I, I don't think f- people fully understand the definition of empathy or compassion. And they do confuse them with sympathy a lot, you know?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I totally see that. One. And, and even with ourselves, and to be compassionate with ourselves isn't always to be sympathetic, <laughs> isn't always to let yourself off the hook. Yeah. That's, that's not compassion. Compassion is leading us towards the truth of what what do I need to do to excel in whatever that thing is that I want to do, whether that's my own well-being or my sales or whatever. Uh, Compassion is inviting us to have a real hard, long look at ourselves, our behavioral patterns, our coping mechanisms, our survival strategies, uh, and and creating an environment where they can be viewed and they can be seen. and can be worked with but that, that for me is compassion it, it's leading us towards the, 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 the truth of ourselves sympathy is saying oh, all right sit down there and have a cup of tea yeah no that's not really doing anybody any good well yeah maybe, maybe in that initial five minutes it might be but to, to understand why somebody is burning out for example why somebody is taking four days a month sick uh we can sit with those people and even come back to that thing we described earlier that chart we can have a holistic view of their life and help them to recognize and see things in their lives that, that need to be changed need to be removed that's compassion and sometimes that's hard sometimes that's difficult uh that's not sympathy you know that's not being soft on people and i, I think with that compassionate space we, we invite people into that with the understanding that they need to change they yeah. need to do something different so they're invited into that space and supported to change but if they don't want to you know, if they're resistant to that then
0: maybe they need supported to leave <clears throat> and that's okay too That you know that, that is that is okay too Absolutely. This, this is not about again, you know, the uh, the definition of compassion is sharing pain, I think, isn't that it? We'll, we'll, we'll travel yeah, yeah. your journey of pain together. So it's going to be painful regardless of whether you get through this particular moment that you face or the inevitability of not being here to face that moment somewhere else. But it's not about like, you know, just give that lad a couple of days off there and tell that woman to go on home. She's looking, she's not looking well. You know, uh, all these things that we've all heard and maybe at some point actually been saying to people, it, it's not, um, it, it's a, sometimes, and you quite rightly say, sometimes the, the biggest difficulty is being compassionate with yourself. And so, to, to, if you can't love yourself and you can't feel uh, emotionally attached to yourself and your own well-being, the chances of you being able to project that onto somebody else's, you know, or not project, but to get under their skin and to empathise with them, is very difficult.
1: To model it, yeah. To model it. If you if you can't, if you don't know that behaviour. If you don't know what's going on for yourself. And how can you model that? Yeah. If you can't model it. And if you can't model it, then how can you expect people to, to, to follow? And how can you expect people to to be you know, I, I love the word uh disciplined and disciple. Uh you know, to, to if you can't model that behaviour, how can you expect people to be your disciple? How can you expect them to be disciplined in, in, in their work and their and their own well being if, if you're not doing that? And I think again that's something else is is a little fracture sometimes in our management structures where our managers are shouting down this culture you know our culture is but they're not doing it yeah you know and and you can you can shout at people and direct and and have a cultural statement and a you know a a vision statement and you can do all you want if you're not modeling it it's not going to stick
0: there's a the difference between how something looks and how something feels you know if you walk into a building and you know the office looks nice let's replicate that um, but you don't walk into a building and say I wonder how these people feel let's replicate that you know because that's really yeah. what it's all about stuff that you can't see stuff that's not about you know really really redundant war. once they're written they're almost redundant uh, slogans and proverbs on the wall you know it, it, if it's not in, in the heart it, it, it'll never be on the wall and but that's a big jump for us, you know, for our society, Kevin, I think there's a lot of people didn't come from a place where, you know, you got your daily hand out of love and affection, like, you know, it's, and I don't just mean, uh, I don't just mean the north of Ireland, but we, let's just, we can talk about the north of Ireland, you can look at the, put it under the, the microscope and you can look for a long time to see the compassion and the love in there for a few years.
1: Yeah, and this that whole patriarchy, colonialism—it uh, just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and we're we're not good at showing that to each other. We're not good at holding that space for each other. We're not good at uh, we're not great at, at supporting each other through that. We're getting better, uh, and we're not great at holding that space for ourselves. Uh, you know, I have a young daughter at home at the minute, studying for A levels, and she's not feeling great and she's in a, in a mad tiz, and she's a high-level student, she's in a mad tiz about being sick and uh, crying because she doesn't want to take two days off to, to be sick uh, rather than study. You know, and I said to her this morning, and compassion, and maybe hard-hitting, and I said to her, Rosa, don't let your stubbornness make you stupid. You know, if t- like, don't be so stubborn that you won't allow yourself to take two days off and heal and recover and get well and then get back into your study. But this idea that we just have to keep plugging oh, and going and plugging and going, you know. Uh, and I don't know where she learned that. To, uh, and multiply that by 1.5 million people, you know, I multiply that by a by whole nation and a whole society. Uh, so her her lack of of compassion for herself but uh, she's a intelligent, well-educated young woman. You know. Um, yeah, it's, so yeah I, it's, a, it's.
0: You wonder, Kevin, if the stuff that went on in the nineteen eighties and the nineteen nineties is only, you know, chicken feed compared to the stuff that's going on today with the pressures on social media and the ever presence of that. You know, we had some respite from all the bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, albeit, you know. I'm not belittling what went on, but if you think of the emotional and psychological um, uh, torture some kids are under because of um, the expectation that's placed on them by, not by family, but by society, by the Kardashian family and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Like, and the lack of responsibility that those platforms take in, in creating this mythical uh, unicorn human being, this is what
1: you must look like. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and and, and Paul, I, I love how these things all, all align as well because we bring that back to physiology and, and neurobiology and, and dopamine hits and, and addiction and etc. 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 You know that I, I had my I switched all my socials off after Christmas, uh, and then I'm doing a little bit of work where I had to switch them back on again. Like three weeks ago, switched them off. Never missed them. I was glad to see them gone from my life. My reading went up. Uh, you know, my, my meditation time went up. No social media, um, and then I switched them back on to, to keep an eye on this project I was doing. And I now find myself sitting with my phone, scrolling through shit, mm. uh, and, and it just has me. It just has me again. It just has me buying. I'm no, like the stuff that I'm looking at is nonsense. It's of no benefit, but it is just that it is offering me that distraction, that easy distraction, that hit of dopamine. It's, it's anesthetic, it's audible, uh, you know, it's touching all my buttons, yeah, it's got yeah. bright lights, it's got bings and dings, and, uh, and it just, I just see myself again getting sucked in, I'm uh, thinking, whoa, stop, Kev, what are you doing? But just how easy that is, you know, and I, I'm fairly aware of these things, but, switched it back on and immediately sucked back into that social media media infotainment thing uh, and I can't wait until this project is over again Yeah, uh, it'll be over in another four weeks six weeks, I can't wait until the project I'm working on is over so that I can switch them off again and just say "Be done with that
0: We, we kind of have um, moved from back in, back in my day I'm guessing your day because we're of a similar vintage here. But Robert Maxwell was the devil. Rupert Murdoch was the devil. Elon Musk's really cool, <laughs> Do you know. He's a really <laughs> cool guy, isn't he? He's he's, he's saving the earth from he, and flying to Mars and all that. And you know, is going to buy Twitter and you know Zuckerberg. Like those guys are just the same as their predecessors. And how long has it taken us to wake up to go? Hang on a second. This this is not for our benefit. None of this is for our benefit. And just just to put something in here, Kevin, because like one of the things that um, you, you, you said beforehand was, I mean we, we could take a whole lot of different angles with this conversation and your curiosity around maybe how spirituality might be received in, in, in this or that our conversation may be received. This is as relevant as any any uh, marketing strategy or any business development strategy for the simple reason that that good people are hard to get. And good mm-hmm. people are hard to keep within your business. And anybody listening to this, as I, I would imagine, some will and some definitely won't, have held the mirror up and gone, "Christ, we need a change here," because this whole this this conveyor belt is going in the one direction, and we can't pull it back. We can't make a detour. And So we're either going to get swallowed up bad and we're going to have the worst people in the world coming to work for us and leaving after three or four weeks. We will have no consistency. Our brand values will shop. Our customer service will drop completely and we'll be in big trouble or... Let's pivot while we can. And this is a sort of conversation that people people kind of need to be having internally. This is the sort of stuff that salespeople need to be having at home with their partners. This is the sort of conversation that a guy running the business needs to be having with himself because a lot of this is fixable. Yeah. You can't switch off your social media. You can't stop people in your office drinking Red Bull or, or I- educate them. Or bring in fresh fruit, or you know, pick a charity and do sponsored walks and be out of the office, or give them an extra couple of days holiday and say it's for you because there's a voucher to go to a spa or whatever it is. But this really about how much you value your human capital in the business, isn't it?
1: And, and <laughs> you know, what else is there? What 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 else is there? Fall apart from your human capital. If you don't have human capital, what... what, what well, let's yeah. call them
0: people, Kevin. Let's not go into fucking human capital.
1: Let's call them people. You know, let's call them people. Yeah, you know, we're at that, it. That, that term. If you don't, if you don't have people, if you don't have people performing at a, at a high level, uh, staying in your business, uh, uh, embodying culture. Uh, you don't, you don't have a business no you no know, you don't so, so, so uh, speaking of that Paul a really simple example for me of that is I've helped lots of people open you know hospitality business type things and they'll spend I've seen people spend 140 grand getting out a cafe nice counters and you know pallets sanded down and the nice um, artwork and etc 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 you know uh, nice kitchens and trendy coffee cups and etc trying to get them to spend 1,500 quid to train their staff? Nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Trying to get them to spend an extra four or five grand a year to lift them two quid above minimum, minimum wage? Nah, I'm not going to do that. And it, it, you know, it, it saddens me and frustrates me to think, you know, this sort of fur coat and new and, and no knickers, you know, we've we just spent 140 or 150 grand on the fanciest coffee shop, and staff having a clue. And that's not, this isn't the staff's fault, you know, they just, they just haven't been trained. Uh, they haven't been trained in uh, emotional awareness, emotional intelligence. Uh, they haven't been trained on how to relate to people. Uh, they, they haven't even been trained on the, on the workings of the business, on, on the culture, on the ethos, on, on and what, what we like to present to people. Uh, and yet, that business owner expects to be successful yeah yeah, you know and that's that's a that's real live work and I see that often it's a real live working uh, example of that for me instead of taking people as you say and helping them learn who they are what they're about what are their drivers what are their values uh, what are their triggers uh, what upsets them helping people to learn a little bit about themselves uh, and that you know that includes their spirituality where they belong in the world where they belong in their, in, in, in their own life and uh, just uh, we'll spend an extra four grand and get a Terry Bradley piece
0: of art for the wall because I'd
1: yeah, yeah. That's um. I, I, hey, by the way, Terry Bradley's. No, I, know I was going to say, but I can,
0: I can, I was going to say, I can I say it again, think about six or seven people that would have supported Terry's pension, you know, and they think that's the job done, and you're going really like it's, um, and everybody has got so many examples of of that where. You, you go into a shop or you're speaking to a person or uh, that engagement that you have is just below what you expect okay but the, the 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 expectation of the owner of the business is no we're doing really well like we're, we're, we're doing really good and like it's hard to hold up the mirror sometimes you know it's I, I, I kind of get that some of some of the clients that I work with um, None of them have got a quirky name above them, you know. None of them are called Nike or Google. A lot of them have got the business owner's name above them, and and like my father ran a shop and way back in the day, and because of the name, you know, it uh, you, you kind of it means something to that community, and yeah. I think that that I used to call it the McCarthy Bar Syndrome, where you know bars called McCarthy's Bar way down in Cork, and I'm not changing the name of it, like because it's my dad's name and it's my name, and I can't change it. That means I'm not going to do anything in the inside of it, and so it looks like a real cute little Irish bar uh, that everybody goes to. But after a while, people don't want that. They want the you know they want a modern bar. They don't want to see the smoke stains on the ceiling that haven't been painted over, and you think it's authenticity, and they think it's dirt. You know and making the big jump that, that, that seismic jump and it is challenging for, for business owners who've inherited businesses I totally get that to move in a direction that they you know that still fits the, the, the family dream but is moving in line with that conveyor belt because that conveyor belt is not going to slow down for you and if you ever try to walk off or walk onto a conveyor belt that's moving like you just judder you, you, you fall on your arse sometimes you know, and I think that's really difficult. Like, I, 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 don't. Um, it's all well and good sitting on a, on a, on a, you know, on a podcast and chatting the chat, but there are certain practicalities to it, and, um, but there is an inevitability. So there's an inevitability of this tsunami coming at them, and it's they're, they're some of them are just geared up for it. You know, which is it's going to be hard for them. It's going to be hard for them, like.
1: And when you talk about your people, Paul, you know who are going to who are going to help you uh, work through or <laughs> surf this tsunami? You know who's going to help you do that? It's your people. It's your people that's going to help you do that. And and investing in people. Can I share one other quick story with you? I just love these real life stories. I was out on Saturday night for my wife's birthday. Uh, Ten of us went out uh, a new place that has been purpose built in, in in my locality. Uh, apparently, you know, apparently built at, at 15 million pounds. Uh, beautiful new place. They make their own alcohol, lovely restaurant, great. And we went there uh, for a meal. Uh, and, and it's lovely. It's decked out. Not, you know, no expense spared. And the tables and the chairs and the paintings and glorious. Uh, and uh, I don't drink. So I, so I was sober. And maybe that helps with that and you know, be able to look and see and I suppose I'm coming from a hospitality background so I'm, I'm kind of just viewing things as they unfold you know and our table was booked for 8.30 okay great so we, we arrived and, and uh, you know they took a drink order uh, great it's all, all lovely you know brought around the drinks I mean, they, these are 10 people we haven't seen each other in two and a half years I mean for, for, for COVID so the conversation was flying you know lovely and, and the, the young young girl not even young woman she, I don't she looked 18 19 came down to take her order uh, and she says are, are you ready the order uh, and I said you know what you, like conversation is maybe give us another five minutes so, uh, I said, I'll, I'll round them up here or, I'll give them a shout we need the order round up and she says you know our kitchen closes at 9 o'clock
0: class boy <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: thanks very much for that yeah that's, you know, that's yeah uh, Yeah, it's like that. Immediately, right? You're not welcome here. You know? Can you hurry up? You know? You're you're not. You're not welcome. Uh, And and that's one of the. I thought, yes, okay. Your kitchen closes at nine o'clock. Could you be trained in a better way of delivering that message? You know? Is is there is a way to not the young girl's fault? You know? And then I noticed that. uh, So by the time they were taking order, there's no no other orders going on, and when they come out with our food. Uh, so it's a, quite a swanky place, you know. Come out with our food, and, and rather than knowing that you had ordered a, a medium rare sirloin steak and set in a plate in front of you, you know they came to the table and sirloin, sirloin, sir oh, really? having oh. sirloin, medium rare, sir, medium rare sardine, medium rare, you know. Mm. Oh, Jesus, you know, uh, and just those. Well, for me, see those simple things of taking that young girl and saying, "Let me show you how to do this." Just write a little number down. So, their beard and glasses. Sirloin steak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Red dress. <laughs> yes. t- what, yeah. What, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or, or even numbering those seats. You know, some yeah. in a system yeah. where, where that young girl can know. Okay, person in seat one is getting a medium rare sirloin steak, and they walk out and they set it in front of you and say, "There's your medium rare sirloin steak, sir." Yeah. The difference in that and sirloin, sirloin. Who's having sirloin? Who's having sirloin? Yeah. The difference in that is immense to a customer experience. You know, that, that is that is massive to a customer experience. Uh, but the young girl hasn't been shown. You know, they spent 15 million pounds building this place, carrying it out. food was lovely, you know, uh, carrying it out. But no one had helped that young girl relate to the people that, that are in the restaurant. And if we take that simple example, And bring that into our construction, bring that into our manufacturing, bring that into our software engineering, bring that into our, you know, whatever realm we bring it into, that happens everywhere. You know, just those little micro engagements with our customers and and, and with our people, that if you do that right, will have you a customer for life. You know, we always talk about the people, the person that can deal with a complaint right has a customer for life. The person that can't deal with that complaint right, the customer walks out the door and never comes back. And that's in the looking after our people. I don't know what time that we girl started working at, she could've been there from 10 in that morning, she could've been knackered, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. But she hadn't been supported through that, she hadn't been supported through that process to, and I, I gave that feedback, I sent in a little bit of feedback into the restaurant, very nice feedback. But there was a party of 10 people uh, to give them that just little bit of, of that personal experience and there's 10 people are going to go home oh I was out then have you tried that new restaurant lovely service was great and, and they're going to bring back a hundred people uh, but not paying attention to that cultural human interaction uh, again you know, that, that, that ethos uh, how we do things when that's not paid attention to you
0: can be sitting on gold thrones. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So, so here, here's an interesting one. That I, I maybe we've discussed this before because the sounds is very, very familiar. Um, I, I listened to a, a, a podcast or I read in a book somewhere where a restaurant um, in the states, typically in the states, because they're good at this, you know, and they had a little t- a tactic where the maitre d' or the front of house guy would say, "Is this your first time in the restaurant?" And if they said yes, what they would do is they would give them a red napkin instead of a white napkin on their table. And the waiting staff, when they saw the red napkin, would behave in a a different way, but but really just to embellish their values so they would be all over them like a rash, but but very tastefully and tactfully and all that. And the second time they came, they would ask them, have you been here before? Um, And they would say, yes, we have. We were here one other time before. They would still give them the red one, And then the third time they would give them the white one, because white—the white one was basically these people have been here a lot, so you gotta give them ten times what you give the red napkin. So they always had it as a highlight. You're telling the front of staff it's really important, it's really important and you're totally spot on when you say like an 18 an year old girl really is like the junior doctor, you know, she's only starting the journey, she's not supposed to know what's business critical or what's not, she, she's like maybe had uh, eaten in restaurants where they, hey, who's looking to serve, that's all her, that's all she heard, you know, and there was a place that, that um, just to sort of match your story, for I'll, I'll raise your story and trump you another one. Um, or maybe not, maybe not. We went to a place um, that won't remain nameless, a place in Dungannon. And myself and herself went out for a meal. And um, I had raved about this place because it's really good at lunchtime. We went in on a Friday night and it was, it was kind of empty. There was about maybe five or six other people sitting in a restaurant that could take, I don't know, 50, 60 people. So I was immediately in the back foot trying to apologise for, yeah, it's, it's obviously just a poor night and I was defending the restaurant trying not to, you know, uh, betray my referral and recommendation and we, we sat and, and we got food, got some wine, got some more food and then about, about half past nine the hoover started coming out to hoover up the other part of the, the, the restaurant and they took oh. the t- one, of the, one of the staff took the till out and went into the booth beside us and started counting the money. So like, we just started laughing. We started laughing and, you know, um, we'd hear them talking about heading down to McAleer's afterwards for a big session because somebody was leaving or somebody's birthday party and they were talking about this. We could hear all this. like, And it was like, we're really unwanted here. Like, it's we, we, This is distinctly tangible get out. So we called the taxi, got in the taxi, laughed, all the way back to Hawaii which is not that long a journey we're still laughing when we get back but I thought you know you know what if I'd have invested five or six million or two million or six hundred grand into refurb in this restaurant um, I thought like I'd probably want to know that 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 went yeah. on you know and I'd be a critical like I, I would kind of uh, I use the word critical I would like to think I'd do it in, in, in fairly well intentioned so I thought I'll go and see them and I went called in one day and I said can I speak to the, to the owner and um, this girl came over and she says, "How are you doing?" And I said, "Look, I, you know, I'm going to say this on the basis it doesn't get anybody into trouble." But I was here on Saturday nights and did a Did I told the whole story? And she said, "Thanks very much for for telling us. That's really brilliant." And when I, I I went and had some food. And the girl came over and says, "We're going to give you your dessert free." And I'm going, "No, I don't want that. It's it's not like six quids worth of advice I give you. It's like." And they miss the point completely, they missed the point completely, you know, and they're they 're probably going to struggle to get through and if I was working there, if I was sending a child there, if I was working there, if i one of my friends worked there you 'd wonder what else they 're taking home as well as the pay? are they taking home any interpersonal skills, how to serve a table, you know eye contact, how to make more money on tips, how to be nice to how to be nice to get people to feed your you know I don't know petrol in your car or whatever, and there's none of it. And then there's a circle, though you know there's a circle. What comes first? Do you, you know? Do you, do you walk in knowing that the people aren't going to be there? They're not going to be loyal to you, so you just pay them minimum wage and treat them like a you know production line, or do you stop? Where do you stop the cycle and go? No, we're going to pay them more. We're going to give them good meals when they come in. We're going to give them a nice takeaway. We're going to give them a taxi home. You know where, where does that where does it start? Like, it's tough. You know, it's tough for them.
1: I think that it starts with the decision, Paul, doesn't it? It starts with somebody deciding that I'm going to do something different here, and, and I'm going to put my neck on the line, and I'm going to take a gamble, and, and I I want this to be different. Uh, that's it starts with the decision. Uh, I noticed there recently I was chatting to another friend of mine who was in senior management in a, in a big coffee retailer, uh, and I was. I was in the sauna with him (laughs) on Friday night, but I was telling him that I noticed that there was a bar, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a bar on the Lisbon Road uh, advertising for student staff, Uh, and the the student who was successful in getting the job would have their first year university fees paid, this is part of their package. Uh, they would have their first-year university fees paid and three runners-up, so three people who applied but didn't get the job. So this is just if you did well in interview but didn't get the job, you were given a £500 uh, study voucher or book voucher, whatever, whatever that was. Uh, so here is a business on the Lisbon Road that it is recognizing that to get good people we need to do something different mm-hmm. we, 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 we need to offer something different we are not going to get good people if we pay £6.60 an hour and just buck them behind the bar or, or into the restaurant uh, and that for me indicates that that establishment uh, is really confident in its ability to choose the right people to come work for them you're going to want to be really confident. You're going to offer three grand or five grand university fees. You're going to be want to be. You're going to want to be fairly confident in your ability to choose the right people, and you're going to want to be fairly confident in your ability to train and retain that person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, just the fact that they're offering that to me says there's so much more. I would hope going on in the background. Here's what we're going to do. But they, they should. I imagine they would have some sort of culture policy uh, behind them that makes sure that that investment is worthwhile. Uh, and you know, when I said this to my friend who manages uh, coffee retail stores, you know, he—he he was kind of aghast. He's like, "Nah, mate, we're just—we're just pulling them out off the street by with a shepherd's crook and giving them a apron and throwing them behind the counter." Uh, and, and their turnover's high and their sickness levels are high and I think yeah so
0: you can join the dots there can't you you can, you, can, you can see yeah. where that comes from and it's, I suppose it's that really overused idiom of you know um, what if we train our staff and they leave and what if we don't and they stay you know it's, it's like um, you have to really front this one up like this is you know if there's a leak in the roof you got to fix the leak in the roof. And if you want to, it's about authentic. it's about, you know, it's really core business fundamentals. Like, and stuff, you move away from being a, you're not in manufacturing you're in service you serve somebody you're not in in uh, software sales you're in service you're not in coffee you're in service you're not in construction you're in service and so if you admit to yourself as a business that you're serving other people then how can we outserve the competition how can we overserve our customers and how can we do that so that it it, it um, still falls within the tram lines of being a successful business and you find the tram lines widening Once you do that, because you'll be
1: just... Absolutely.
0: It'll eat itself. It'll just keep on eating itself, you know?
1: Absolutely. That all has to work from top down. Yeah. That all has to be top down. You know, if, if you want your if you want your sales force treating your customers in a certain way, you need to treat your sales force in that way by your, your middle managers or whoever. And if you want your middle managers treating your sales force that way, then the director or the CEOs or the financial director need to be treating the the you know the the, the Salesforce manager in that way and it has to go top down. It has to, uh, otherwise, it, otherwise it doesn't work.
0: Because
1: yeah. uh, if you're shouting, you know, if you're shouting at the manager director, shouting at the finance guy, and he's shouting at the sales force manager, and he's shouting at the sales force, then they're they're shouting at, they're, they're shouting at their uh, customers and clients. Uh, uh, it just rolls downhill, as the it, it does. It becomes
0: tolerated, you know, it's t- tolerated behaviors. And then you, you're back into that whole idea that your brand is the behaviour and attitude of your staff, it's not anything else your brand is how you know how like everybody will have examples of where they draw the line and what they tolerate and what they don't tolerate and in your own personal life you can see things where the experience has been undermined by um the or sorry the expectation has been undermined by the experience and so your uh saturday night's night out your your expectation was moderately high. The, they delivered something beneath it, and all of a sudden, that gap in the middle is just disappointment. And you can't you can't contain that. You can't pretend to your other half. Well, no. Well, they tried. It was good. Like you know, you can't polish a turd, as they say. If it looks like it is bad, chances are it's bad. And um, a lot of people don't know what it feels like to be sold to by themselves. How could you know what it feels like? You know, you have to record that experience. You have to do mystery shopping. You have to get a benchmark. You have to get record calls. You have to see customer complaints for what they are. You have to record them. You have to put it out there and uh, let that authenticity um, make make it real. Like, you know, these brand promises on, on advertising and on slogans and ambassadors and influencers just telling lies because. The, the ones that the ones that call it out are the ones that will be very successful, I think.
1: Yeah, and Colin saying it, it, it's for me, it's really important because I've worked with organ- like that mystery shopping and uh, all, all of that sort of stuff. You know, uh, customer feedback, etc., etc., etc. I've worked, I'm went into a lot of organisations that use that as a stick to beat. Their, their, their people with rather than using that as a method of, of raising the tag, you know, raising the tag, that, that rising tide floats all boats. And it's about supporting someone. This person said when they dealt with you that you were very difficult to get on the phone, you know, whatever that is. How can we, how can we change that? How can we support you through that? Yeah. What, what is it that's happening for you? Uh, what What's going on or whatever that is. So you, using those tools to to better your business and not using those tools as a big stick to to beat people up with. That's right. Uh, Because again, if you're beating people up with them, they'll be anxious, they'll be frightened, uh, you know, their bodies will be full of cortisol and adrenaline and and, and they're they're not sleeping well, et cetera, et cetera, and you get into that downward spiral as opposed to an upward spiral.
0: Absolutely. And there's no disguising this. This is like a really badly kept secret in the automotive sector and in a lot of retail is that your manufacturer or the franchise owner or whoever's measuring you will use the mystery shop to beat you. And some, sometimes you will lose uh, bonuses if you don't answer the phone. Good afternoon, company X here, how can I help you? Or If you say hello, good afternoon, and really perky and you sound brilliant, you'll get penalized because you didn't go through brand values and stuff. And so from the very top, in the finance department the finance department say well we lost 40 grand this year because your customer service staff Mr. Sales Manager aren't answering the phones properly so you got to fix that so it is this downward spiral and the worst kept even worse than that is that the salespeople know a mystery shop a mile off so they're all ringing each other and saying oh she's here oh Christ she's here quickly quickly everybody up your game <laughs> you know? instead of going oh look there's a customer everybody up your game you know it's like we can't get measured down on this and and i think that's that's maybe changed and and the automotive industry is changing and they'll have to do something with that but in retail as well like you can't be um you know there has to be some benefit in going through some going through a recording with somebody and saying how can we fix this you know how, how do you how would you want to be treated what do you think is the best thing to do there rather than saying you know you, you've you, you're not doing this job right. We we have to get rid of you. Like it's um yeah.
1: And Paul, I know from personal experience the work that I do now with compassion inquiry, and, and I'll, I'll bring a, a a recording of a, a session work with a client with client permission, of course. Bring that to to Gawar Mate and, and we'll review that. And to to be held in that way that when he watches this video he doesn't care about the client he's he's not interested in the client you know it's what's happening for me what's getting in the way of me being an absolute clear mirror uh, a compassionate non-judgmental space for this client it's about me what do you need Kevin to help you share that for yourself so that you can sit in front of that client and be the absolute best that you can be and I have never experienced that before Mm -hmm. never Uh, you know, it was always used as a stick to, to, to beat me and oh, you need to do better and sort that out. And, uh, and to be held that, and don't get me wrong, the starting points are the same, where we want our, me in this example to get to is the same, uh, but how we're doing that, the 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 bridge that, that is uh, covering that gulf between not as good as I want to be and as good as I want to be, the bridge that, that travels that, that distance in the world that i'm in now is one of compassion and holding and support and reflection uh and it's not one of beration and and condemnation and, and shame which we in the, in the in our olden days of seals which is what we found uh and, and i have, you know i respond really well to that i respond really well to that encouragement reflection uh introspection Uh, And being allowed, Paul, I think that being allowed to say, yeah, I noticed something about myself got defensive when that client said that. I noticed that part of me shut down. I noticed that part of me went offline. I noticed that I wanted to prove myself right. Being allowed to say that in an environment is just so rewarding and enlightening, you know, to, to, to be allowed to look at my blind spots and not be criticized for them freedom. Oh, yeah, them. yeah. And imagine that imagine that in our construction and seals and software and totally. um, you know hospitality and uh, Im- imagine that totally and my, I, my skin's tingling talking about that you know imagine how infusing that would be to help someone see a blind spot or something they're having difficulty with. And really support them in
0: it. I, I think that's, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, uh, a fantastic um, idea and, and thought. You're using words there that um, perhaps people in business don't necessarily put in the same sentence as profitability, you know, but all of that leads to uh happier workforce and work happier people, more contented people. And what you're really doing is is getting under the skin of a universal problem but applying interpersonal skills to make somebody feel better about being human. Because they do make mistakes. And I gotta say that like my experience in sales was like, this is not a confessional moment for me. Maybe it is, but my experience in sales was one of, you'll yeah, fucking do it, right? And you know, get on with it the fuck. And, and maybe not as polite as that sometimes and then when you do yeah. hit a space where people care about you you kind of think there's something fraudulent about them because you haven't experienced that before and then whenever you become a manager which in my case in, in a couple of instances where I became a manager I wasn't able to disconnect the authenticity you know so I kind of my default response was hard work lads that's what I had to do you have to do that and that isn't the case that isn't the case, because there's absolutely no proof that hard work works. There's no proof.
1: Well, I at the start of our conversation, that, 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 that webinar I was on, and they, they quoted this the study of 15,000 uh, high-ranking professionals, and, and they have proven that, that there is a direct correlation between looking after yourself, being supported, uh, is, is, is what makes you successful. And keeps you successful. Yeah. And the correlations there. You know. uh, but yet, we're we're led to believe that you need to knock your panic.
0: And that's, uh, that's yeah. the definition of hard work. The hard work is, is like, you know, almost to, till breaking point. Because if you're not breaking, yeah. you're not doing it right. And, yeah. and like, you know, um, th- there was no space. And I love the way you talk about that. The language you use is, is like really, really... Um, you get a sense of comfort from here and you use that language whereby there's a space made for you to feel bad and we'll make you better and we'll understand that and it's not this kind of woo woo stuff that this this won't this won't ever work because geez you're too soft and the inevitability of this people change the great resignation the we won't tolerate we we won't, we won't tolerate generation coming through is is going to prove that this is the only way to do it. Yeah. There's no choice, like there's no, there's no choice. It's not like an A or B, you know, blue or red pill. It's like you got to, you've, you have to do this. If you're serious about the longevity of your business, if you really care about your staff, if you really care about your customers, which is on everybody's strap line, you have to care about your first customer, which is your staff.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, and, and you know that that really hits the nail in the head. Because when you care about them, how they interact with each other, you know, the, the internal customer is the real buzzword. How they interact with the internal customer uh, just spills out into their family life, their relationships, their work with their their clients and suppliers and management structures. Uh, and we get a rising tide, you know. And if you're not if you're not in, you're getting left behind. That's you know that's it's head in one direction go with it grow with it uh, or stagnate and unfold you know well maybe not even fold but certainly stagnate and struggle
0: Yeah.
1: you know yeah. And, and, and have it really tough and, uh, and the, the, I think that the, the, the important thing is that, that we then give for me anyway is learning to give people that responsibility if they don't want to do it it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'm, I'm. not. I'm not here. To, I'm not here to. I'm here to support you. And if you, if you don't want to do it, then great. You know, just let me go. I'll go work with someone else. That's right. Uh, That's right. You know, it's it's. You, you get to choose. You get to choose. There's nobody forcing you to do anything. Uh, but it, but for, for me, and, and and the world that I the pond that I swim in, if you want to grow and learn, and get better, and more profitable, and more efficient, and more effective, and have longevity, and have ambassadors for your business. Uh, Start to adopt these policies and procedures that look after people. Start that now. Uh, I'll tell tell one quick story, just just for, for finishing. Uh, again, the, the organisation that, that, that I am in now uh, and, and we had put 100 people through uh, a course, a programme uh, which is brilliant and uh, there then was a little bit of a complication at, at the end with the systems we use and getting them a, a certificate for the work that they've done and the system was showing that some people hadn't completed the work the back end system was showing that people hadn't completed a certain amount of videos and time and stuff whereas their front end system, what they were saying, they had done all the work but just, a, bit, just a, a system glitch, you know. I've done the work. You're telling me I haven't, you know, and there was a bit of a, t- a back and forth, you know. Some of these people haven't done the work. We can't issue the certificates. We've done the work our system is saying it's done and, and a bit of a back and forth. And in, in my mind, and, and, and I, I get there's, I get there's a need to protect the integrity of the product, and we want people having watched all the videos, but there's also the need to protect the integrity of the 100 people that have just come through this course because they are ambassadors. You know, let's just get their certificate, get them signed off, get it to them, and say we're really sorry for this system failure. We appreciate you've done the work, and we'll go and work that out. But that wasn't really seen that clear. There was a, 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 there was seemed to be a, a bigger. Importance put on protecting the product rather than looking after the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for me, we had I had said, "Listen, guys, we we'll cut our losses. Get the certificates issued. Uh, the people have went through the work, and we we'll also sort did of the mess out." Uh, and you know, being able to see that about your business that that ability that we we need to look after our customers. We need to look after our people. Sometimes there might be a cost to our business for that. Let's take it. Let's take that cost. Let's take that hit, uh, because this, these people, these customers, these clients, are way more important than that.
0: Uh, That's how you define a cost to a business, isn't it? You know. Yeah. What if we do? What if we fix this now? It's going to cost us ten grand. What if we don't fix it now? It's going to cost us cost us a million. It's going to cost us our business and big decisions take big you know big people to make the big decisions yeah yeah Kevin we're 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 at that time we've gone beyond the time um, by a minute or two if people um, first of all I want to thank you I really enjoyed that it's um, just kind of very refreshing um, approach to some of the work I know you and I have discussed this offline in between the previous podcast and now so thanks for for coming along this morning um, people want to catch up with Always you how do, how do they do it what, what's the best way to catch you
1: website uh, www.in-mynd.com in-mind.com uh, yeah send me an email kevin at in hyphen uh, Facebook in mind. Uh, all of those socials which might get turned off in a month or two so uh, (laughs) maybe maybe, maybe best to email maybe best to email or or, or through the website yeah Uh, and and if they're if they're really really lucky Paul they'll they'll hear me singing a song uh, somewhere online or something Uh,
0: for sure yeah for sure are you running any kind of retreats or anything that you want to inform people about or
1: that would be brilliant thank you for the space Paul. yeah we're running our trade funny in your your local town of Strangford uh, on the 20 weekend 23rd of uh, June and that'll be over a Friday and Saturday night uh, and in the Sunday morning and we will be looking there at a lot of uh, mindfulness meditation some yoga relaxation and I'll be leading uh, four or five workshops into into self you know an introduction to self and, and understanding yourself your, behavior, your patterns your coping mechanisms we'll be looking at addiction uh, we'll be looking at uh, anger uh, we'll be looking at um, yeah just looking at ourselves uh, and that's weekend 23rd
0: of June uh, I put all that stuff in the in the notes for the podcast um, Kevin I, I, like, I would um, say everything you've mentioned just in the last 30 seconds is worth a whole series of podcasts it's free um, uh, some brilliant work that you're obviously doing um, in Compassionate Inquiry people will benefit from whether it's just for personal or for uh, uh, their engagement and interaction with other people I'm sure it'll be amazing so I wish you very well with that
1: and likewise, Paul, uh, I, I love our conversations and uh, I, I love how we just land under them, um, never know where they go. And, and It's this sort of thing, Paul, even though we're over time, but this sort of thing for people to have a space for people, certainly in business, where they can go and have this conversation, this type of conversation, and they won't get laughed at, they won't get sneered at, they won't get judged. Uh, and I get that with you I get a place where I can express myself authentically and and know that it is being received as it's intended uh, which I really like really really value because sometimes when you go out into the world or business world and have these conversations people are looking at you thinking is your, is your man on the wacky backy or is he, has he been drinking the day or, or what's the fact? so I really
0: value this puff so, no, so thank you it's a, it's a real it's a real pleasure it's, it's totally my pleasure because you stimulated some thinking in the work that I do and um, you'll always get people who will deny because of fear they're afraid because they don't understand it and they're afraid if they open up the box like there's going to be a whole clusterfuck awaiting them and there is, that's the problem, there is a clusterfucker waiting for them but it's not going to go away until you actually, you know, I know that's not the language you might use in some of your sessions like, but it's, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it, it, if you don't open the door, you know, it's, I think it's a big obligation you have to yourself to open as many of those doors as you possibly can. If you're really into authenticity, if you really want to take that journey, and I think everybody should do because that's what we're here for, you know. And you spend sixty percent of your life subsidising the other forty, and you know if it's not right for you, like don't 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 do it. Like, but if you're going to change, if you're just going to change your job again and again and again, if you're going to just keep on recruiting people again and again and again, there's something fundamentally wrong with how you're approaching that problem. You're
1: here,
0: dude. Take it easy. Good luck with the retreat, and uh, thanks very much again, Kevin. We'll um, um, I'll let you get on with the rest of your day.
1: You're a star. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. See you soon.